beginning of the year, I asked the Holy Spirit, what would this year look like? And I had a prophetic dream where I heard the audible voice of the Lord. And the Lord said, silver and 333. And when I looked that up, Silver represents refinement, sanctification. I believe many in this room, you can agree and attest that this year has been a year of refinement, a year of sanctification. But silver is not only a year of sanctification. Silver also represents understanding. And I believe many of us this year, God has given us understanding over a lot of things that we've gone through, understanding over the things that we've lost, understanding over him, what he wants. But the other thing that the Lord told me, 333, when I looked that up, 333 means consecration. Consecration means to set yourself apart for him. Cutting away things that will distract you, cutting away people, cutting away habits, cutting away more time for him. And in the end of June, Holy Spirit reminded me of this prophetic dream. And he told me this, and the Holy Spirit told me to share this with the church here. And he says, Kayla, you have six months left until the end of the year is over. And he said this, and it shook me. He says, there is a momentum in the spirit that's going to take place in these next six months. And the train will not stop if you're not ready. The train will continue. He says, ready or not, that spiritual momentum is coming and you got to stay on it. And the Holy Spirit reminded me, remember, it's a year of sanctification and it's a year of consecration. And immediately the Holy Spirit says, you got to consecrate more time. So I started cutting off social media and saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to give you more time, more of my attention. Investing more time in prayer, reading his word, reading books that he's asking me to read. Because these next six months that are left are vital. Do I know what's going to happen? I have no clue. Do I know what God is going to do? I have no clue. But when the Holy Spirit says there's a spiritual momentum that is coming in these six months, I don't want to miss it. I don't know about you. I don't want to be on the sidelines when God is moving upon the earth. I want to be right in the middle of what God is doing. And if I were you guys, begin to examine yourself. Lord, what have you been asking me to separate myself from that I have yet to do? What are the things that you've been wanting to sanctify me that I keep resisting and holding on to? The Lord is saying, yield it. Give it up because these next six months, guys, I believe there's a move of the spirit. Like he said, it's coming. I don't know again what it looks like, but we need to yield because the train doesn't stop for no one that is ready. Uh Uh-uh, the train is moving. You got to be ready to jump in. And I believe, guys, that this message goes on with what the Holy Ghost is going to be doing in these six months. You know, the kingdom of God is found in the precious Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is not something outside of you. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is within you. 
And that kingdom of God is found in the precious Holy Spirit. In Romans 14, 17, it says, For the kingdom of God does not mean eating, drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So if you want to know what the, whole, what the kingdom of God really looks like, that means we need to know who the Holy Spirit is. And it's so sad that many believers do not know who the Holy Spirit is. They know that he's part of the Trinity. They know that he's important, but they don't know how vital he is for your life on a daily basis. That many of us, we believe and categorize that the Holy Spirit is only set aside for the church, but Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit to help us in our everyday living. And the Holy Spirit is so important that it's the Holy Spirit that makes Christianity come alive and real. If you haven't really enjoyed and encountered Jesus, it's because you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You see, if we go back to Romans 14, 17, it says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Two out of those three, you can experience joy and peace. Because the kingdom of God is as well experience and encounter. Many believers are walking this blind faith that I'm not supposed to feel anything. I'm not supposed to sense anything. I'm just supposed to blindly walk in faith and trust. No, the kingdom of God, two-thirds of the kingdom of God is experience and encounter. You're supposed to have experiences and encounters with Jesus on a daily basis. And if you don't, it's because you're doing it the wrong way. Because the key to having encounters and experiences with Jesus is developing a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Did you know that the Holy Spirit longs to have an intimate relationship with you? In 2 Corinthians 13, 14, it says this. The amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God. Listen to this. The intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit longs to have a relationship with you. Why? Because he wants to reveal Jesus and the Father to you. So that this thing, this thing will come alive and you can say this is the best thing ever. the Holy Spirit well let's discover him y'all can take your seats quietly and gently if you want to stay in the altar stay in the altar follow the Holy Ghost because today we're going to learn the Holy Spirit we're going to learn how to be led you see guys when you begin to develop a friendship with the Holy Spirit eventually you'll learn to be led by him because we're meant to be led by the Spirit. We're not meant to be led by our feelings. We're not meant to be led by our logic, by the opinions of man. We were meant to be led by the Spirit. And when you begin to develop a friendship with the Holy Spirit, whatever He asks you to do, you begin to yield to Him. You begin to surrender. What does that mean? We've heard many pastors say, surrender to God. What does that exactly mean? Well, it's very simple. It means to give in to what he's asking you to do. That's what surrender is. I give in, Lord. You want it this way? I give in. You want it at this time? I give in. 
that's what surrender means and when you begin to give in to the the nudges and the requests of the holy spirit the next thing you know you're led by the spirit of god romans 8 14 says for as many as are led by the spirit of god these are sons of god you know what saddens me about that scripture that means that not many believers will be led by the spirit which means they're not considered sons of god only those that are led by the spirit are sons of god but who is the holy spirit we're going to go this over quickly the holy spirit is the spirit of god and the spirit of jesus when i was young very naive and ignorant i thought the holy spirit was a ghost an invisible ghost and so when i would hear the the pastor the preacher said the holy spirit is in the room in my naive ignorant young mind i would envision this invisible ghost coming through the door and floating in the air just touching people and then when the service ended holy spirit walked out of the door and that was it but the holy spirit is not a ghost he's not an it he's a a person He's the person of Jesus. He's the person of God. Jesus mentioned him many times in John 16, 8. He said this, when he comes, he will convict the world of sin. In verse 13, he says, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. He made it very clear. Holy Spirit is a person. If Holy Spirit was in it, he would have said, when it comes, he, it will guide you. But he did it. He said, he when the holy spirit comes he will guide you holy spirit is a he and because he is a person he can talk to you he can hear you he has a will he has feelings let me tell you when you begin to develop a friendship with the holy spirit boy he gets to talking and he talks a lot There are moments where the Holy Spirit begins to talk to me and I have to tell the Holy Spirit, slow down. I got to write everything down. It's too much. He loves to talk. But you know what I also like about the Holy Spirit? He has feelings. And his feelings go much, much deeper than what we feel. If you, when you feel pain, it hurts. Well, in Ephesians, it says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And the word grieve means to distress or to sadden. But when you do a further study of that, it actually means pain. A pain that actually hurts him. How do we grieve the Holy Spirit? When we disobey him, when he asks us to do something. It's not a grieve like he cries. No, it's a grieve that it hurts him. You disobeyed him because when you said jesus come into my heart come into my life the actual one that came inside of you was the holy spirit because remember jesus ascended on a cloud up in the heavens jesus the man is right now seated at the right hand of the father he's in heaven right now remember he's gonna return so the real person that lives inside of you is the holy spirit who is god and jesus It's him who's inside of you. And let me tell you, church, as you begin to form a relationship with the Holy Spirit, my God, he begins to reveal Jesus to you. 
Jesus mentioned the Holy Spirit many times in Scripture that He is the helper. Because He's meant to help us every day. He's meant to help you making decisions. He's meant to help you with your finances. He's meant to help you with everything. Holy Spirit is truly the best friend that we've been needing. That's why Jesus said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Because when the Holy Spirit came, you became one. You know like that blue and that pink clay, when you put it together, it's hard to break it apart because now it's literally one. You cannot separate it anymore. Now it's one. That's you and the Holy Spirit. When he came inside of you, you are now one. That wherever you go, he goes. That's why again, Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You have a best friend inside of you that is truly there for you 24-7. That when your leaders are not available and your mom and parents are not available, he is there. And he's always ready to hear your request. Always ready to give you guidance. But what does the Holy Spirit do? What does the Holy Spirit do? My God, I'm going to go over this as fast as I can because the Holy Spirit is not done. Holy Spirit reveals the Father. He reveals Jesus. It's, it's, it's in that moment when you're reading the Bible and all of a sudden, aha, I understand. Aha, I see it clearly. That's the Holy Spirit. He revealed Jesus. He revealed the Father to you. The Holy Spirit is the one that testifies of Jesus. He's the one that says, come to Jesus. Trust in Jesus. Go to Jesus. The Holy Spirit leads you into all truth. Confirming what is biblical what is truth, but he also leads you to what is truth, to what is right. He can lead you to the right friends, the right relationships, the right contracts. He's there. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit. Because of the Holy Spirit, he protected me from getting married to the wrong person. Because of the Holy Spirit, he has guided me into all truth because he is there for those of you that you are single and you're looking for someone go to the holy spirit you know many young people they're drawn automatically by what they see and that's why they go from relationship to relationship because they go by their checklist but not by this checklist which is called the holy ghost and when you go by this checklist by the Holy Spirit, he begins to tell you, yes, no, something's off, something's strange, something's weird. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that guides you into all truth. He's the one that tells you where to go and not to go in Acts 16, verse 6. Paul and Silas, they were wanting to go preach in Asia, but the Holy Spirit told them not to go. Holy Spirit can warn you of things to come. I'll share with you a story. When I was 15 years old, I went to Mexico and my family and I, we were going to go see the pyramids. And all of a sudden, as I'm walking into my cousin's car, my cousins were pulling me into their car. And you know how Mexicans are. You try to load the car with 10, 15 people. So I'm the 15th person. And all of a sudden, I feel this nudge within me saying, don't go, don't go. And I said, okay, I will not go. Immediately we get in another car and we start following each other. And the next thing I know, I hear my cousin who's driving say, look at the car. 
And I turn around and I see the car midair flipping in the air and it landed upside down in the middle of the highway. I went into shock because I could not believe what I had seen. We run out of the, of the car through the highway and I see my cousin's bodies laid out on the floor, injured in, in, in horrible injuries. And one of my uncles, he thought I was inside the vehicle that he's trying to find my body. He thought I had flown out. And I see him panicking, crying, and he says, Mihai, you're alive, you're here. And I said, yes, the Lord told me not to go. You see, the Holy Spirit is there to guide you into all truth because he's your helper. He's the one that you can trust. He's never going to lead you. He's not going to backstab you. He will never betray you. He always has the good in mind for you. The Holy Spirit, he will even remind you of things to come. How many of you in this place, you have a really bad memory? Well, Holy Spirit, he's perfect in reminding you of these things. Have you noticed that when you talk to someone about the Lord, all of a sudden scriptures pop up? That's the Holy Spirit. He reminds you of things to come. But not only that, the Holy Spirit can even remind you where you left your keys. Oh, I've had the Holy Spirit help me with that multiple times. I'm freaking out and I'm saying, Holy Spirit, where are the keys? And he reminds me, you left them here. Because Holy Spirit is meant to be part of your life on a daily basis. He's your best friend. You can trust him with everything. But the key is you've got to learn who he is, develop a friendship with him. And every time he asks you to do something, yield to him. Not only does he remind you of things, he convicts you. You start feeling uncomfortable of the things that you're watching or how you responded to your mom or the things, you know, how you invested your money. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit that he's telling you, hey, that's not the right way. And the Holy Spirit is the one that teaches us about the kingdom of God. And this is my favorite one. The Holy Spirit is the one that transforms us. Many of us, we always try to modify our behavior trying to break habits, trying to start new habits. And have you noticed that you can never keep them up? Because the one that does the changing in your character and your habits is him. Holy Spirit is the one that does the changing. All we do is give in to what he's asking us to do. That's why the fruits of the Spirit are called the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Because the one who develops these fruits is the Holy Ghost. It's not you. Many times we feel like someone is forcing our arm and God is saying, you must love your enemy. And so you're walking around like, I have to love them. But the one that actually produces that love is the Holy Spirit. You have to learn to listen to him and he'll ask you, do this to your enemy. And the next thing you know, your heart is flooded with love for that person because the one that brings the transformation is the Holy Spirit. And this is my favorite one. The Holy Spirit gives us power to stay strong. If you're not connected to the Holy Spirit, I can guarantee you, you will not stay strong in your walk with the Lord. You will be one foot in, one foot out. One day you're completely in and one day you're completely out. Because the one that gives you the power to stay in and to follow Jesus is the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. It is not by might. It is not by power. It's by the Spirit of God. Jesus told the disciples in Acts chapter 1-8, 
He told the disciples, do not leave until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Because he knew that if you don't have power, you will be defeated. One of the analogies that I always use is the analogy of a cop. You see, God wants us to have authority and power. He wants both because both are very essential in the kingdom of God. But many believers in here, they have authority through the name of Jesus, but they lack power. For example, if a cop walked into this room and he's fully dressed in his uniform, man, what happens? Have you noticed that when you're driving and you see a cop drive by and he's in his uniform, what do you do? You get intimidated. You straighten up, you slow down, you look at your mind, you know how you're driving. Why? Because he's a man of authority and it changes your demeanor. It changes what you're doing. But you know, but when the cop comes to you and he pulls out his gun, whoa, now he has power over you. That whatever he asks you to do, yes, sir, yes, sir, I'll put my hands down. Yeah, because what God wants to give us is power and authority so that we can overcome everything that comes our way. And many believers, they walk in and out of church and they lack power. And that's why they're always falling into sin and always defeated because what they're needing is the power to overcome. The power of the Holy Spirit is so important because that's where everything begins to change. And how do we find that power? Through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When the disciples were baptized in the Holy Spirit, it happened in an atmosphere like this. They were worshiping God and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came upon them and they began to speak in new tongues and they received power. That all of a sudden the disciples were never the same. And when the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when the power of God comes upon you, what comes along with it is speaking in tongues. And many people are very, very skeptical, uh, skeptical in regards to speaking in tongues. And I don't have time to go into that. But if you want to go deeper into that, follow me on Facebook. And I went into a four-month study about that. But when you look at the, books of, uh, the book of Acts, every time the Holy Spirit came upon them, what followed afterwards was speaking in tongues. And you know, I want to say this. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not given to you for you to speak in tongues. Jesus didn't say, wait till the Holy Spirit comes upon you so you can speak in tongues. No, he says, wait so that you can receive power. The reason for the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so that you can receive power. And what comes out of that is the speaking in tongues. And when you look at how essential the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, it's amazing. We see it through the life of Peter. Peter became a new man. Remember a couple of chapters before Jesus ascended, Jesus was arrested. And who was the first one that ran out and denied Jesus? Peter. He got so scared. He freaked out. He began to deny Jesus. I don't know that man. And he hid in the Bible says he went back to his old ways, his old lifestyle, and he walked away. But all of a sudden, when the Holy Spirit came upon him, he received power. He became bold. That now, in Acts chapter 3, we see Peter standing in front of the Sanhedrin. If you don't know what the Sanhedrin is, the, the, the Sanhedrin at that time were the political people of that time for the religion. And he stood in front of them saying, no, 
This Jesus is who we preach. This is the way. He became from a coward to a bold, on-fire believer for Jesus. Because the baptism of the Holy Spirit sets you on fire. Have you noticed that when people are set on fire, what do they do? Ah! They're running around like crazy, screaming, yeah. Because when you're filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit, that fire cannot contain you. That you start talking about Jesus, laying hands on people. So many things begin to break open because the fire of the Holy Spirit makes you do things that you would never do. And we begin to see that in the book of Acts that all of a sudden these disciples who were simple fishermen, ignorant and naive, all of a sudden began to do supernatural things because not only does the baptism of the Holy Spirit give you power, it allows you to step into the supernatural works of God. The disciples begin to do outrageous miracles, laying hands on the sick, handkerchiefs that they were touched people that were sick will touch the handkerchiefs and they were healed even the shadow of peter would heal the sick why because he gives you supernatural power to do what you cannot we need the power of the holy spirit so that the world can see that there is a living god the bible says that the kingdom of god is not just in word it is in power What does that mean? It must come with demonstration. The power of the Holy Spirit is found in this beautiful baptism. And what this world needs, they need to see that there is a God that still heals, a God that can still resurrect the dead, a God that can heal broken hearts. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, church, when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was a very, very shy young lady. Doing something like this, I would never be able to do. But when the Holy Spirit came upon me, there was such a boldness inside of me that when I went back to school in seventh grade, I started to preach to my classmates about Jesus. I began to carry my Bible. The the natural me could not. But the one inside of me, the one that had been born again and revived and sent a fire, he could. And that's what we need. If you're shy and you're fearful, you need the power of the Holy Spirit because the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of timidity. Being shy is not normal in the kingdom of God. What is normal is being bold. And what you're needing is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit also steps you and leads you into the supernatural works of God. After I began to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, I began to be amazed at what he did. I will lay hands on people. They will be healed. I remember there was a young man, a young intern. He was 15 years old. And he was baptized with the Holy Spirit. And his friend had called him up and told him that he had broken his finger in a basketball game. And so he told his friend with such boldness. He says, I want you to put me on speaker. And I want you to put that broken finger on the screen. And I'm going to pray and Jesus is going to heal that finger. So he begins to pray over that finger, commanding that finger to line up and be healed. And he hears his friend on the line screaming, oh my God, I cannot believe this. And the next thing you know, he says, what happened? He goes, I saw my finger literally straighten up and I felt the bones popping in place. My finger is healed. Why? Because it's through the Holy Spirit who gives us power that we can do the impossible. 
But you see, guys, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit that comes with speaking in tongues, my God, there's something deeper that takes place. A lot of people only pray in the Spirit when they're in church, but they don't pray in the Spirit every day. Did you know that praying in the Spirit is part of the armor of God? If you go to Ephesians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul gives us the description of all the pieces of the armor of God. And right at the end, he says, Pray in the Spirit always. Praying in the Spirit is so important. Because when you pray in the Holy Ghost, supernatural things begin to happen. It builds your faith. When you're weak in faith, begin to pray in the Spirit. When you're feeling discouraged, pray in the Spirit. When you don't know what decision to make and your mind is overwhelmed, pray in the Spirit. Let me, let me tell you many things. You know, there was an, a moment where my sister was in a rebellious stage. And all of a sudden, I'm overwhelmed and stressed and worried. And I said, God, I cannot hear you. So we made the decision to go to a church. And that church was praying. And all of a sudden, the pastor told the congregation, everyone pray in the Holy Ghost. And inside of me, I'm like, I don't want to pray in the Holy Spirit. I came so that someone can pray for me. I need prayer. I'm going through trials. I'm going through tribulation. I need you to lay hands on me. But the pastor kept saying, pray in the Holy Ghost. So all of a sudden, we're holding hands, and I'm praying in the Holy Spirit, and we prayed in the Spirit for 15, 30 minutes. The next thing you know, I am so built up and encouraged, I started jumping up and down, saying, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. I went back home so encouraged, because what happens when you pray in the Spirit, it edifies you. It builds you up. It means it encourages you. Not only that, when you pray in the Spirit, you're praying the perfect will of God. You have no clue what you're praying for, but you're praying the perfect will of God. Many people, I heard many years ago, a pastor said, when you pray in the Spirit, Satan understands what you say. And I go, that's not true. The Bible says that when you pray in the Spirit, no one knows what you're saying, only the Father does. I heard a, a, a funny testimony from Jesse Duplantis. Jesse Duplantis said that one time he was awakened by a demon. And he wakes up and he sees the demon in, in front of his bed. And he begins to pray in the spirit. And the demonic spirit was still standing there. So he prayed in the spirit even harder. And the demon was still there. And he prayed even harder and the demon stayed there. So he asked the Holy Spirit. He said, Holy Spirit, why doesn't this demon leave? I'm praying in tongues. He goes, because he doesn't understand tongues. Speak to him in English. And he said, in Jesus' name, get out. He left. Because the only one that understands the tongues is the Father because it's meant to be between you and God. Because when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're praying the perfect will for your situation. When you don't know what to pray, pray in the Holy Ghost because Holy Spirit prays through you the perfect prayer for your situation. Not only that, the Holy Spirit, when you pray in tongues, Holy Spirit controls your temper. For those of you that you get quick-tempered or anxious, pray in the Holy Spirit, and you're going to see how he calms you. I had an intern, sweet intern. His name was Isaiah. He was 13 years old. And you know, 13-year-olds, they make some foolish decisions. And he decided that it was a grand idea to get his boot and to throw it across the hallway filled with boys. And it hit the biggest boy in the crowd, who happened to be a football player. 
the kid got up, very upset, ran through the hallway to get this little squirmy little boy. And he says, I'm going to kick your butt. And the little tiny intern ran into the restroom and locked himself in there. And the big old guy knocking on the door, get out, get out. So all the interns ganged up on the, on the football player. They grabbed him and they pulled him away. And they told Isaiah, Isaiah, run. So he opens the door and he runs out of the dorm. And he remembered his wise mom saying, when you're upset, pray in the Holy Ghost. And his blood was boiling and he starts to pray in the Holy Spirit and he's with his fist like this. And all of a sudden as he's praying in the Holy Spirit, he sees how his temper is calmed. And all of a sudden he hears the Lord tell him, go back inside and apologize to the kid. He walks inside and he apologizes and they both hugged it out. Why? Because the Holy Spirit controls your temper. He's the one that tells you what to do and what not to do. And when we pray in the Holy Spirit, man, he takes complete control of our heart and our soul. I'm telling you, church, praying in the Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so important that we're meant to be filled every day. And many of you guys, the reason why you're stagnant is because you're not stirring those rivers of living water that you're supposed to be stirring, praying in the Spirit. Because the, the, the spirit is a river. It's not a lake. It's, a, it's supposed to be constantly flowing and moving. But if you're stuck, that means you've got to get into the river of life that is found in the Holy Spirit. 